Ron and Anian. People are asking me, what is the most critical component of a car today? The car doctor. I've got to think it comes back to batteries. And I think it's a battery because everything starts with a battery. The battery's got to be, you know, proper size, type, cleanliness at the terminals. Welcome to the radio home of Ron and Anian, the car doctor. Since 1991, this is where car owners the world over turn to for their definitive opinion on automotive repair. If your mechanic's giving you a busy signal, pick up the phone and call in. The garage doors are open. But I am here to take your calls at 855-560-9900. And now, here's Ronnie. Welcome, Ronnie and the Car Doctor. 855-560-9900 is the phone number. Get in, give us a call, talk to us about your car problem, and I will solve it for you. That's what this radio show has been about for the past 25-plus years. 855-560-9900. That number is also 24-7. That number exists after we're off the air. We're on the air Saturdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern Time. But that that phone number, 855-560-9900, is there 24-7. If we're not on the air, there's a messaging service attached to it. We've made it so that you can call, leave a message, and our producer, Fast Harry, will call you back and uh, get you in the lineup for the following week. We can talk to you about your problem up on air, and uh, we prefer to do it that way because then everybody gets an education. And um, we uh, we give you guys a radio show. That's how we kind of do it, as well as the call-ins that we take at 855-560-9900. That's what this show is all about. Uh, just a quick reminder, next weekend we are going to be live, if you're in the area, at the Mawa Sheridan in Mawa, New Jersey, at the Dead Man's Curve Wild Hot Rod Weekend. They're fifth. They're year number five. They're rolling right along. Uh, more information at deadmanscurveusa.com, their website. Also out on their Facebook page, Dead Man's Curve LLC. And uh, we look forward to being out there. We're going to do a live broadcast 2 to 4. We'll be talking to everybody um, like we did last year. And, you know, maybe we'll try and get Eddie Munster on air. Butch, Butch Patrick will be there and Eric Estrada from Chips will be there as well as uh, 15 or 16 specialty cars, the Batmobile, the Batboat, and uh, all sorts of, of the uh, crazy cars from the George Barris collection as well as others that, um, you know, we part of the car culture, part of what the 60s and the 70s and the 50s we're all about. So, uh, you know, we'll be talking about that. But I am here to take your calls and answer your questions at 855-560-9900. I want to talk a little bit about exhaust. How hard could it be? And and this one kind of got me this week, folks. I got to tell you, it just sort of made me sit back on my heels and look. A bread and butter 2005 Toyota Camry came in the shop. And, you know, it needed exhaust. So what is it, 12 years old? It's got 125,000 miles on it. And the exhaust flanges, and this is common on the Camrys and the Avalons as well, that they start to rust the exhaust flange where they come together. So it's just a flat flange with a gasket in the middle. The pipes last a long time. They're stainless steel. But the flanges themselves really start to rot and corrode. And I actually have pictures of it. Maybe I'll put it up on the Facebook page. You can get out there and take a look. I've got a battery I want to post a picture of, too. That's a whole nother, that was a whole nother car about the guy didn't want to fix the battery this week. Um, it's, it's growing things across the terminals. But back to the Toyota. So it needed exhaust. The center pipe and the muffler needed to be replaced. The flanges were so badly rotted. The front exhaust pipe was intact, and the flange was okay. 
but you could see the flex coupling was starting to come apart. I went over all this with the customer. I explained it all. I showed her everything that we had, you know, everything that we're talking about. And we went from there. What could go wrong? Looked at it on Monday. I need this, this, and this. Ordered all the parts. Brought it in on Tuesday. She needed the car back Wednesday. I'm trying to give myself a little bit of crush room, right? Took the exhaust off and the center pipe and the muffler. And I take the front pipe, which is also a catalytic converter. And I had said to her, I said, you know, if the cat is bad, typical Toyota, they're somewhere in the eight to $1,200 range. I said, once in a while, you get one that sneaks up on you and it's $1,500, $1,600 for this front cat flex pipe setup, but it's not common. I should have checked prices. So, you know, the pipe actually was bad. Underneath the flex coupling, once the other pipe was off and the support was gone, I could take that flange and wiggle it and rotate it 60 degrees in every direction because it was split in the middle. It wasn't leaking, but it was a bad coupling. It needed to be replaced. Called Toyota, and she said, yeah, do what you got to do. I understand $1,200. It's got to be done, you know. I'm not sure what Toyota's thinking. I'm not even sure if they are thinking. And, you know, let me state, I like Toyota. But they all seem to have their problems. Here's theirs. The front exhaust pipe for a 2005 Camry, a bread and butter, they made gazillions of them. Because this is an SULEV, a super ultra low emission vehicle, California emissions, SULEV, all right? It's, it's not as common as a partial ultra low emission vehicle. This catalytic converter was almost $2,400. Yeah, I'll say that again. The guy at Toyota was shocked. He was sitting there and he, he said, you know, $2,400? He said, I junked the car. Go! And that's exactly what we went through. And I just, I, I almost didn't know what to say. I'll find an alternative. And I did. I found one. You know, Walker fine it'll last she'll get three four years out of it how much further is she going to go in this 12 year old car but my point is is this toyota pushing consumers and all the car companies do this i shouldn't just say toyota are they pushing you towards that new car is this just their way of doing it because i can't come up with a reason why would you annoy somebody that's been loyal to you for 12 years driven your product for 12 years and enjoys the product, why would you drive them out of the car by raising the price of the part so much that you sit there and you scratch your head and say, I don't want to fix this, I'll go buy another car? Is it, are, are they really that convinced that somebody's going to automatically come back and buy a Toyota? Talking about it with the guys, you know, the other mechanics, we, we almost wonder, you know, and we're half kidding, but we say it, is there any truth to it? Is Toyota just, we don't want to fix that 12-year-old Toyota, let the independent shops fix it, we'll just make it so expensive nobody wants to fix it with us. They'll go outside the dealership chain to work on the car. And I don't know if that's the truth. Or is it that we're raising the price of parts a little higher, in this case a lot higher, and now we've got these recalls going on. So the car comes in for a recall, and maybe you need exhaust, and maybe we've got to do this $2,400 exhaust pipe. And that's just the exhaust. That's no labor. The entire exhaust system from Toyota, all right, was close to $3,500 in parts for an 05 Toyota Camry four-cylinder bread-and-butter car. 
And I'm thinking about that. If that was done at the dealer and the, the little old ladies walking around the, the showroom and, you know, the new ones are all nice and shiny. Maybe I'll take one of those. Just, you know, what are they thinking? I just don't know. And here's the downside of all that. I'll throw that note out. I wrote another note that day. I've been writing myself little paste-it notes. The Toyota Crunchies, I call it. So, you know, that exhaust system was bad. It had rotted and fallen apart. But I've been noticing lately a lot of the Toyotas, they're getting what I call the Toyota Crunchies on the exhaust. The flanges on all of them are starting to split and separate. They're starting to rot and fall apart. The pipes last, but the flanges don't. Once the flange is gone, you're required to have to change it. And I'm thinking to myself, is it... Yeah, it is planned obsolescence. And now it's planned obsolescence, and we're not even going to fix it because it's going to be so gosh darn expensive, we're going to make you go back and buy a new car. And none of us are seeing that. And then I want to lay this one on you. I was talking to my friend Chris, national trainer. We, we exchange ideas from time to time. We were kicking it around this week. We said this. We said it together in the conversation. And this is in line with what I'm saying. I'll, I'll show you how I'm going to tie it together in a minute. Is 2020 going to be the real beginning of the end? Autonomous vehicles will be out in large numbers in 2020. 2020 model year, you'll see a lot of self-driving cars. I mean, we're there now. You know, we're only four years from that. But when, when, those, when 2020 hits, the 2013 and the 2014 cars are going to be those that time period, six- and seven-year-old used cars. They can't fix the used cars now, these these 10s and 11s. And the 13s and the 14s have got such electronics on them and the, the, the CAN bus and the data network and the amount of electronics. It's so far over the head of the average technician that will anybody be able to fix it? And is technology and the price of replacement parts, the $2,400 exhaust system, just going to push everybody into a self-driving car, which, hey, you know, self-driving cars are really kind of complicated. Nobody can fix it. So we're going to make it modular, and something goes bad, it's going to be plug and play, pull it out, put it in, and it won't take any brains to fix a car anymore. Very interesting. And at that point, thanks, Tom, and at that point, Tom's playing on the other side of the glass. Are they going to change the definition of the automobile industry and the repair the repair side? It's, it, it's coming. I'm telling you, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And we don't see it. And as I said to Chris, and he agreed and he hadn't thought of that, I said, you realize when all of this comes about, I don't need the Snap-on guy anymore. I don't need the Mac tool truck driver anymore. I don't need the lunchroom lady anymore. I don't need the uniform guy. I don't need the landscapers that come and trim the shrubs at the shop. I don't need... And, and how much of the economy is going to go away with self-driving cars because the businesses that use the services to repair cars are going to change? You heard it here first. By then, I'll be doing a political talk show. I can't imagine what that would look like, but I guarantee you I'll need a satellite channel. 855-560-9900. I'm coming back to open the phone lines right after this.
Welcome back. We're on the the Car Doctor, 855-560-9900-247 number. If we're not here, leave a message fast. Harry will call you back and get you in the lineup for the following week's show. Let's uh, let's kick the garage doors open this hour. Let's get over and talk to Dan, La Crosse, Wisconsin, 2003, Chevy Tahoe. Dan, welcome to the Car Doctor, sir. How can I help? Hey, Ron. Yes, sir. I'm having electrical issues. Okay. The front passenger door, the uh, power locks, the power windows, Seat heat, nothing works. And you go to the driver's side, the switches for that window or door locks, nothing works on the driver's side to run the, that door either. Okay. So there is power to it. There's power to what? To the to the passenger door. Okay, but there's no power. There, is there power to the driver's door? Yep. Okay, let's start with the diagnosis of the driver's door. Uh, who's doing this repair, you or your mechanic? I am. Okay. Do you have a scan tool? No. Um, you kind of need a Well, it would be nice. If I had a scan tool, I'd like you to go in and look at the body computer and I'd like and the PCM, and I'd want to see, can it communicate with the driver's door module? There's actually a computer in that door okay. that runs all those electronics that you're talking about, the door locks, the window, um, and so forth. And if if you're not getting any response out of that door, this could be anything from a broken wire, you know, the old school broken wire in the A-pillar that we're all yep. familiar with, to what's very common is a door module itself. Welcome to the age of electronics, right? Yeah. Um, you, well, know. you know, three of the windows work. Right, right. But that the front passenger don't. Right. And and the the, the driver's door module has authority over the passenger door on that car. It's um okay. it's it's kind of a different deal. So first things first, uh you know, it's if you're not but you're also not getting door locks on the driver's door you said, right? If I use the door, you know, the lock all the doors, it does them all except the front passenger door. Okay, so what doesn't work on the driver's door? The Window control for the front passenger. Okay. And the door lock. You know, if I if I hit the the master door lock, it'll lock all the doors except the left front. Except the left front. I mean, I'm sorry, the right front. The right front. Okay. Yeah. So so everything works. So the driver's door works normal, except it has no control over the passenger door. Correct. Okay. Same problem, other side of the truck. It could be a passenger door module. All right. And they're and they're in the door. They're in the door. They're part of so you know, if 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 you want, I can I can give you some detailed instructions if you got a pencil handy. Well, I'm kind of driving down the road. That'd be hard to do. You know what? Send me an email uh, send me an email and I'll be glad to email it to you. But basically what you're gonna do is you're gonna check battery voltage on there's an orange wire and you've got to go and verify power and grounds at that passenger door module but see here's the problem you really are going to need a scanner because you're also going to have to take that module offline and part of the test is there's a brown wire that goes up to either one of those modules driver or passenger side and we ask you to disconnect the brown wire and does the scan tool show no communication and you know, if it if it does, it's this. If it doesn't, it's that. You kind of need a scan tool to be able to do this. 
Do you fix Do you okay. fix Do you fix cars for a living, Dan, or is this is this the part time nope. weekend thing? It's just my car. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's been you know it does all sorts of weird stuff. Right. You drive down the road and it tells you the back right rear doors open. Uh, it'll cycle the door locks. Just driving down the road like it's checking to make sure they're locked. And, right. Have all these problems come up separately and at random from one another, or are they all piling in together at the same time? Well, they all you know it's just kind of like today. It's been fine as far as the telling me the back doors open. Right. Yesterday it did it, and sometimes it'll be sitting outside, and then all of a sudden the alarm goes off. And well, I could I figure I, out how to get, how to override that. Yeah, yeah, I could I could understand that if it thinks the back hatch is being opened or opened, and the vehicle's locked and the alarm set, it thinks somebody's trying to break into the car. Yeah. So you know, not to beat the dead horse, but here's a case where yeah, you really need a scan tool to fix this car. It would make it would make life a whole lot easier. Um, you know, if if you ever hear me talk about, well, and I can, you know what, if you go out to Facebook, can you get out the, can you get out to Facebook, uh, yep. Dan, yep. if you get out to my Facebook yep. page, go look at the video I just posted about fixing the remote start on the 2008 Jeep. And, you know, it was a case that the hood ajar switch had a broken wire preventing signal back to the body computer to prevent remote start operation. And it's just an example of how the electronics are incorporated into the car. And there was another car, I believe I posted this week, about a battery in a Hyundai and talking about the amount of fault codes that are in there and what's involved in clearing out fault codes with all the modules. In this little 2013 Hyundai Elantra, there was 18 control modules, which is, a, you know, it's a it's a nothing car. Uh you know, it's but in your case of that Tahoe, you've probably got twenty five or more, just off the top of my head, and that's a two thousand three. And I'm going to tell you that to work on that without a scan tool, it's it's it really gets to be kind of fruitless. It's it's just it'll drive well, you buggy. Cheaper El Cheapo scan tools from like Harbor Freight Salvage. They no, they won't. No? They won't get into the body computer. So, you know, they won't get into all the modules you have to get into. When you're looking at I that... I like working on the 60, 1960 model cars. They were a hell of a lot easier. Well, they were. Well, were they or weren't they? That's a whole other conversation because you wonder how good they really were and how much work we had to do to them. Yeah, there was less electronics, but a whole different kind of animal. So, anyway, good luck to you, Dan. If you got any other questions, send me your email, and uh, we'll go from there. I'm Martin Eating the Car Doctor. I'll be back right after this. the car doctor at your service and uh just a fun segment here on the car doctor i always enjoy talking to this next gentleman uh, a fountain of knowledge and um always a good time i really enjoy getting together with jim we have for these many years i think it's coming up on 10 years now i know jim donnelly and uh, we've actually bumped into each other at a few car shows mr donnelly how are you sir I'm doing well, Dr. Ron Renadian. How are you doing? I hope you're doing well. I'm doing well. I have no complaints. Life is good. So um, how's things in the Jim Donnelly neck of the woods? The Jim Donnelly neck of the woods is doing well. I just had my second book published by Taschen out of Bonn, Germany. 
Um, it's on automotive advertising. And I had a nice article published in the Pebble Beach Concord Delegance Program. But right now, what we're really doing, all of us at Hemmings, is getting into our month of glory. We've already had our Hemmings Sports and Exotic Car Show at Saratoga Springs this coming Sunday, not tomorrow, excuse me, the following Sunday uh, in September. We're going to have Muscle Palooza at Lebanon Valley Dragway. And then at the end of the month, we are going to have our 10th Concours d'Elegance at the Saratoga Automobile Museum in Saratoga Springs. Let, We're excited about that. Let's talk about Muscle Palooza first. You know, I was, I was reading about this. This is, this is a big show. There's a lot going on here. Um, oh, yes, there is. Yeah, talk about this um, a little bit. There's drag racing. There's a muscle car show. It's it's it's. There's a lot. This is like the old days of hot rods. This is the Woodstock of Upstate New York, right? Um, as opposed to the old Woodstock of Upstate New York, we have had cars there up to about the thousand vehicle mark, which led to the point where we had to shut the gates by about ten o'clock and not let anybody else in. If the weather is good. That's what kind of show Muscle Palooza is. And we also have a drag racing exhibition by the Fast Guys, as we call them. It stands for Factory Appearing Street Tires. Ron, these are concourse level muscle cars, although the 426 Hemi you're looking at could just as well as easily be a 526. Right. There's nothing outward to indicate that they're anything other than totally stock. Right. Right, that's got to be cool. And so they run the tens. Stock cars running in the tens on on street tires. Correct. Wow. So it's 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 really the way it was stoplight to stoplight back in the sixties and the seventies. Yeah, and they're not soaked tires either. Right. Um, this is the way it used to be, and the cars could could go on to the show field of Pebble Beach, as far as I'm concerned, or our concourse. They are indistinguishable from totally stock. So if if someone's looking for that Copo Camaro or that Yanko Camaro or that Hemi convertible, this might be the place that they'll find it. Indeed it is. And also things like uh, a Cobra Jet Cougar or a um, 1969 Trans Am or a, an LE Corvette, they all participate and they knock our records down every time we offer them a thousand bucks to do it. It seems. <laughs> so that's Muscle Palooza, um, and there's going to be trophies, and there's going to be obviously a car show there. And uh, is it is yes, it indeed. is it just American cars, or is it is it everything? Is it is it European too? Well, typically the way the thing goes is that our judge car shows for American cars because it's based off the. Uh, how do we say this? The theme of uh, Hemmings Muscle Machines magazine and our franchise is American Muscle Cars. Right. Um, that's not to say if you didn't show up with a Hudson um, Twin H Hornet, we wouldn't accept you onto our car show. We would. We accept a lot of AMC cars. We've had uh, Nash type cars a couple times, and but it's got to be American. And um, as far as foreign cars go, the event is open to anybody who wants to come and drag race. So if you have 
a not to say this is a foreign car, obviously, but if you have a uh, a Dodge Neon or if you have a Honda Civic, that's a really hot front tread boiling number uh, on the quarter mile. By all means, bring it. Take it down the track. Cool, cool. Now that's next. That's next weekend, right? That's Sunday. Uh, September That's 5th. going to be this coming Sunday at Lebanon Valley Dragway in West Lebanon, New York on US 20. Right. But now what's going on September 25th? That's a whole nother thing. Saratoga? Well, yes. September 23rd, 24th, and 25th when we have our Concours weekend at the Saratoga Automobile Museum at Saratoga Spa State Park in Saratoga Springs, which I realize takes a long time to spit out. But that's where it is, and it's a lovely, lovely location for a car show. It really is, Ron. It's sensational. We have a reflecting pool to line our lead classes up around, and it just spirals out from there. And we're expecting about 125 cars, and they're going to go everywhere from full classics to tail fin cars to Cobra Jet Mustangs, to one of my favorites, and I'm sure they're one of your favorites too, the 50th anniversary of the Oldsmobile Toronado and the Cadillac Eldorado. It can't be 50 years, can it? Makes you feel old, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. A little bit. <laughs> you know, Jimmy, I'm listening to you talk, and I'm thinking, you know, the reflective pool and, and the tail fin cars. and Listen to the way you talk and what you talk about, and there's... There's a passion when you talk about the older cars. So fast forward 50 years from now, and we're going to be talking about 2016 Ford Escapes. What do you think? Probably not with this kind of degree of, of, of intent, right? Well, I mean, it'd be around by then, but um, um, I'll tell you one car is going to um, – get deservedly a lot of attention is the 1994 Explorer, which completely redefined a segment of the auto industry. I think the 1990, excuse me, 90, oh, it's not even the 90s car, excuse me, forgive me, uh, 1986 Ford Taurus will be regarded as a landmark car. Right. I think the 1984 Corvette will be regarded as a landmark car. And you think these are the cars that will be in the car shows of the future? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And the ones of the past will be there always because uh, our experience has been that respect and admiration for those cars never goes away generationally. If anything, it just intensifies. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen, can I ask you to do me a favor? Sure, you can okay. you want, buddy. All right. 72 Monte Carlo, autumn gold, yes. white vinyl top, bucket seats preferred, automatic on the floor. I'll take a small block, but a big block would be nice. See what you can find. I'm not looking for a concourse car, Jimmy. You see more car shows than I do, all right? Okay. I'm looking for, okay. I'm looking for a driver. You stay in touch, my friend. You got to give me a ride in it. All right. So, but, I'll find uh, you four speed if I can. Well, you know that would be a whole other story. But yeah, if you come across it. So listen, if the listeners okay. if the listeners want to get more information, where uh, where can they go get it on either one of these events coming up for you guys at Hemmings? 
simply go to www.hemmings.com, no spaces, and go to the events tab and pull it down, and you can learn everything about these shows. Okay. Hey, listen, October, I want you to come back. I want you to talk to us a little bit more about some of the upcoming fall car shows and what's going on and keep us abreast. You got it, buddy. All right. I'll talk to you, Jimmy. Take good care. 855-560-9900. Ron and Annie and the Car Doctor. We are back right after this. Welcome back. Ron and Annie, the car doctor. Let's get over to the busy phones and talk to Ron in Smithfield, North Carolina. Ron, welcome back. Welcome, sir. How can I help? Hey, how you doing? Good. Uh, what do you got? I'm having a problem with my uh, Dodge Caravan. Okay. Talk to me. What do you got, Ron? What's going on? Well, I've got a 1996 Dodge Caravan that's uh, having an overheating problem. Okay. The, uh, I changed out the radiator. I put a new... Uh, thermostat in it i changed out the uh, heat temperature sensor the fans still don't kick on so i changed out the mm. uh, fan relay the uh, fuse in the box is still working fine but yet still when it reaches a certain temperature the fan will not come on so and it overheats. i have a dual fan now now let me ask you this how do you know how hot it's running are you using the gauge on the dash or do you have a scan tool no, I just uh, let it keep running till till uh, it starts circulating. I go out, I, re- I reach out, I hold on to the hose. The hose gets real, real, real hot when it uh, flushes through. So the water is passing through like it's supposed to, but it's, uh, it well, uh, starts getting hot to the point to where the water starts coming out of the uh, cap. So it starts to boil over out of the cap. Which right. it's which boiling which over going over into the uh, overflow? Which engine is this? A three three or a three eight? It's a three zero. Okay, is a three zero. So this is the three zero Mitsu motor. This is the Mitsubishi. Uh, mo- this is the Mitsubishi motor. This is a three liter Mitsubishi motor. Right. Right. Oh, okay. Um, I don't want to say it's not a fan issue. If you turn the air, does this car have air conditioning? Does it work? No, the air conditioner is not working. Okay. First thing I'd like to do is establish, is the fan capable of working, all right? And, you know, this should be a four-wire fan relay. All right, right. it's a four-wire. I, I did uh, jump the fan off. I went from the battery straight to the uh, fan re- fan switch, and both fans do run. Okay. If you, if you ground the relay control wire at the relay, do the fans run? Hmm. I really don't know about that. I did. I just went straight to. Well, uh, yeah, that just tells you. I just straight that just, from the battery straight to the uh, wires. Yeah, that the just two wires that had plugged the where the plug in is. Where right. Only two wires. Yeah, but Ron, plugged, you know what? All that tells you is that the fans that you just bought worked, and and I get that. But how about we test the circuit? This should be a four wire fan relay. The fan relay is mounted on the left uh, left frame rail, right. so to speak. Yeah. Right. Up, right. You've right. got you've got four wires there. You've got a gray, which is going to be the hot from the fuse. Right. All right. You've got a dark green, which is going to be output to the fan. Right. You've got a black, which is chassis ground. Okay. Mm-hmm. The fourth wire 
should be a light green. That's the fan right. control going to the PCM, going to the computer. Okay. All right. That's the that's the one I put the uh, light on. I put a I took a, a ground wire and with a, the uh, light on it. I touched it after I grounded it, and uh, the, it lit up. But do the fans run? No, the fans don't run. Okay. If you cut that light green wire, find a spot where you can cut it so you can solder it back together. If you cut uh, that light green wire, the fans and ground that light green, the fans have to run. Done. Period. End of conversation. Doesn't matter what the engine temperature is. You have now you have now become the command authority. You have overridden the PCM and its control. If the oh. if the fans don't run, then something is bad in that circuit. Either you don't have power at the gray. You don't have continuity between the relay output on dark green going out to the fans or the ground on the black is incomplete. Make sense? Okay, well, I noticed when I when I went to change the wires out that the, they, uh, whoever had had it before had had there's two wires coming out like, they're, like two grounds, right. but then they had a piece of metal wrapped around it, squeezing it together. And uh, they had that, uh, what do you call that, that heat tube on it right. to close it around it. Uh, when I cut that, I separated it, and then I put it, I put it back together. But, hey, uh, hey, Ron, let me ask you a question. You got email? Uh, I don't have an email address set up. Yeah, if if you can if you could email me a request, I, mean, I will send you a wiring diagram because my advice is get your hands on a wiring diagram for this car and restore the wiring harness, make sure what you're dealing with is as per factory before you go any further and spend any more money. Because it sounds like you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna you're gonna waste your time. So if you can send me an email, Ron at Cardoctorshow dot com, I'll send you a wiring diagram. Or if you can get yourself a wiring diagram for this, take a look at those four wires coming out of the relay and you'll see why I said if you cut that light green put it to ground, the fans have to work. I mean, that's the laws of physics. That's just the way it's going to be. If it doesn't, there's a problem there somewhere else. 855-560-9900. Coming back to wrap it up right after this. The Car Doctor. Welcome back. Hey, listen, we're going to go to my new co-host, Frank from Congress, New York. I'm Ron Anini, The Car Doctor. I'm going, give, I'm going to give equal billing to my buddy, Frank. Frank, how are you today, my man? What can I do for you? i got a minute and a half. Good, my friend. Good, my friend. Keep safe. Listen, I know we got to be quick. Yeah. Uh, two calls ago, same thing. Uh, same thing. Ford Explorer 2002. Windows weren't working. Alarm was going off, so forth and so on. Uh, you you want to start, you're right on cue. you got to do it with the wires. you got to check your panel. Now, what panel do you use the most? the driver's side. So you want to work your way towards that, too, also. But that's where my problem was with that. Right. And I'm going to go another thing. I'm very impressed with your colors of wires today. You're doing a good job. Well, I'm, you know, I'm you know trying. I've been doing this a while. Now, if you ask me what I had for dinner last night, I couldn't tell you. 
But uh, oh, are you kidding I, me? Ask I, me when I went with my wife for dinner. I, I'd I, have to ask her. I, 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 I remember one, I remember wire colors like they're nothing. It's um I sometimes I have a hard time remembering my name. Listen, always a pleasure, sir. Listen, are we gonna are we gonna yeah, see you next? That came on about the car shows. Please have him come back. That's great. Oh, that's about, great. I'll we, see you on September third. All right, baby. That was my question to you. Always a good time. You know, I like you know. I'm telling you, we could be the Ron and Frank show. What do you think, Tom? We could. Uh, well, we'll see. We'll yeah. see. All right, Let's we'll, hire him on. Let's hire him on. We'll make him a co-host. I so, hear. I hear him in the back. So, well, why? So. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, come up on my bicycle. Have uh, a good day. Keep hey, safe, guys. Thanks, Frank. You too. And uh, thanks for all you do. You know, Frank. Frank. Frank's, Frank's a volunteer fireman out there in Congress, New York, and for all the boys and girls in red and blue and keep us safe and for all the folks in green and for everything else you know what country's going through some tough times and it's people like that that step up and deliver that keep us going and keep america what it is today so uh we thank you for all your efforts all of you people out there that are doing what you got to do hey i love being here it's been a great weekend with you and i thank you for letting me be part of it i'm ron in the car doctor the mechanics aren't expensive they're priceless see ya